Guts. Check. Flats. Check. Engine. Check. Coffee maker. Check. We are going. Okay, boys. On. You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Nick Trellia. I am Khalib. Joining us through the power of the internet is Rachel Kokiji from Camp Machindo. Rachel, how are things going out there? Hi, Nick. It's going pretty Why are there bad sounds? <laughs> You're at camp. What's going on over there? It sounds like you got some kind of wildlife. Um, actually, I am safe and sound inside, but I have a nice <laughs> lake view window. Um, <laughs> I, I'm doing pretty well. This is day yeah. two. So yeah. as I, every time I tell my professors I'm doing well, they say, oh, just wait till you're going crazy next time we see you or something weird like that. Have you actually um, gotten tested? No. So, hmm. Are they holding you without cause? That's kind of unconstitutional, don't you think? No, I was um, I was contact traced. Oh, I was hanging okay. out with a friend um, who I guess she had mild symptoms, but didn't really think it was anything because she had a long week and she was just tired. Mm. Um, so like a group of five of us were at rough draft on Saturday, and then suddenly on Sunday she knew someone else that had COVID, and she thought maybe I should get a test. And she took a test and turns out that those very mild symptoms were COVID. So she is somewhere else um, with the virus. I think she's doing pretty well, though. And then we um, are here at Camp Machindo in our respective bedrooms. Mm. So, yeah. So I'm just in my room most of the time. uh, But both yesterday and today, I was able to go on a walk around the lake, which was nice. Um, The weather's pretty nice today. So I keep my window like my blinds up and a nice view of the lake, um, natural light and just kind of, I don't know. Right now I've just been doing a lot, like a lot of work. So, so sending Rachel, a lot of emails. You, you define, explaining. you define nice weather as, as 18 degrees outside in which you keep your window open. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the temperature right now. It, what's the temperature right now? It's um, 18 degrees. It's 18. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not outside. And when I am, I bundled up and I was on a walk and I was out there for like 40 minutes and it felt nice. good. Okay. All right. Well, um, glad to know that you're doing well. I'm sure all of our listeners will await with bated breath your in-person return to the loft. Let's get this show on the road, as always, with Wacky World. Wow. I don't believe it. Well, there's something you don't see every day. So I have a fantastic story here that restored my faith in humanity. I started off as a cynic, and I read this story, and it made me a believer. Headline, Man Finds Infuriating Note Left at Scene of Hit and Run. So this is from the Mirror UK, though I'm fairly certain that this story happened in the United States. A man came back from the store to find the left passenger side door of his car badly dented, with the paint scratched off in several places. The culprit was, as you'd expect, nowhere to be found, but they left a note to the angry vehicle owner. It says, quote, I'm sorry for hitting your car. It was an accident. I don't have money or insurance, but here is snacks. Sawwe, spelled S-O-W-W-Y, <laughs> sad face, sad face, heart. In addition to the note, the perp left a bag of Cheetos and a box of Ritz bits as a peace offering. You know what? That would call my temper immediately. Oh, 100%. (laughs) 
they didn't even leave full-size Ritz crackers. They left Ritz bits, which are the smaller ones that no one likes. They weren't even that sorry. And they it was also a snack-sized bag of Cheetos. Not even full so so not even that sorry. I did the math on this one, okay? And I calculated the cost of the items they left behind. So I did the math on this. How sawy were they? About five dollars and ninety six cents before tax, saw we. <laughs> they didn't even break six dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got you got to figure you have a little bit of tax on there, depending on the state. But still, like, I would be quite mad. And driving without insurance is illegal anyway. So unless they hit it with a shopping cart or something, then they in big trouble. All right, Rachel, what do you have for us? Oh. Well, I have a California man's wallet lost in Antarctica, returned after 53 years. Wow. He is 91 now and lives in San Diego, California. So he arrived in Antarctica in October 1967 as a Navy meteorologist. And he was there for 13 months. And at some point in that trip, he lost his wallet. And eventually, because it was so long, he forgot that he ever even lost it there until last week <laughs> so his, his wallet apparently was found back in 2014 um when a building at the station i guess where he was in antarctica was being demolished and they found his wallet i don't really know why it took them so long to find the guy paul grisham but i guess because they it had his like navy the ID and different things in the wallet. But I guess he's as hard to find as his wallet is. <laughs> That's the worst excuse I've ever heard. <laughs> he's a hard man to find. A good man is hard to find. Ooh. Maybe, maybe he was a good man. There was another wallet. Apparently they, they, they found another wallet at the same time, but that man died in 2016. Before they got the wallet to him? Yeah, before they got the wallet to him. Because mm. they just... I see, That's what I don't get is they say they find it in 2014, but they only are getting the wallet to him now. Like, it took him that long to track it down. All right, well, I've got a story um, from the Huffington Post again. This is like oh. the third week in a row. <laughs> we we got to stop this. can't get off this See him down under. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oof. A New Zealand sentences cactus smuggler caught with 947 plants strapped to her body. So this lady got herself in a prickly situation when she pleaded guilty to violating biosecurity laws when she was caught with um, plants and seeds at an international airport in New Zealand. And they were strapped to her body. That's right. So... The first time that she did oh, this. Oh, wait, what? This isn't the first time? No. Ooh. <laughs> so the first time she had 142 seeds hidden in uh, iPad covers in her luggage. Um, and she was also carrying plant pots, ornaments, and such uh, paraphernalia that yeah. was containing um, snails and pieces of tree ferns. Oh, They were wrapped in moldy, Snail. wet paper. Uh, which the article goes out of its way to note is a potential source of disease. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Why would you do this? Was well, she trying to sell them? So the second time kind of kind of elucidates that. So we had 947 succulents and cacti strapped to her body, uh -huh. um, and they were valued at over $10,000. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, so these things are worth a lot, apparently, especially when there's oh, eight endangered species. <laughs> oh, 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 nice. Okay, okay. There we go. That's apparently, the answer. Uh, it was kind of obvious to the airport dog that something uh, something strange was going on yeah. <laughs> with this lady. And so she tried to dispose of all of these plants in a toilet in the airport. <laughs> Quick, let's flush these endangered species that's down a, the toilet. That's a big brain move, if I've ever heard. One hundred percent. I've been wasting money. Yeah. There, there's like I feel like there's better ways to get rid of seeds. Do they not have like those? No, potty- these were the full plants. Oh wait, 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 wait! She was trying to cram that thing down <laughs> yes, the toilet. Yes. She had stockings full of these things strapped to her body, and she was trying to apparently just stuff them down the toilet. <laughs> just like the worst plan ever. So the best part is that she was sentenced to intensive supervision for 12 months and 100 hours of community work. You know, it'd be funny. It'd be really good if she had to do 100 hours of landscaping. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a thought. They made her plant all of her succulents. (laughs) Right, 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 exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And you're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And up next, we have... A movie scene to talk about, actually. Isn't that yeah, right, Nick? That is correct. So, over the weekend, we watched the Christopher Nolan movie Tenet. There were a lot of scenes that blew our minds. It's like a weird, like, almost time travel movie where there's, like, moving backwards in the time, forwards it's in time. It's classically confusing for Christopher uh, Nolan. Of, yeah. of course. And uh, But there was one scene that really caught our attention and stood out, but not for the reason that the filmmakers would have hoped. Isn't that right, Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... The scene in question is uh, there's a man who gets sunscreen squirted on his back. Yes. Essentially, his like his wife is you know rubbing the sunscreen on his back because mm. they're on a yacht in the Mediterranean or something. And <laughs> the part that really irked us. <laughs> well, well, first before we get to that, we have to mention the copious amount of sunscreen that she put on his back. It's at she, least half a bottle. Yeah, she went like she squeezed it, and it was just <laughs> so much, like. He was there was a puddle on his back. Yeah, yeah. And then he, she doesn't like rub it in all the way or whatever. Like she just squirts it on there, and then she stands up and walks away. And then he turns around and leans back onto the pillows on the chair that he is sitting in. (sighs) That is the scene that really they show it all smeared around on his back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The the scene keeps going. Right. I mean, (laughs) there's good continuity there. But like, holy crap, dude! Don't sit with like that. I couldn't think about anything else for the rest of the movie. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we were thinking that if this was, like, real life, the wife would have gotten really mad because those pillows would have, like, been a gift from her mother or yeah, something. Yeah, And so she would have said, like, those are my mother's pillows. <laughs> and then they would have gotten into a fight. She ends up shooting him and, like, killing her husband at the end of the scene. Spoiler alert, by, I guess. But I, I like to think that it's because he smeared the sunscreen all over the, the pillows. <laughs> That was the last straw. Yeah, exactly. The straw that broke the camel's back. I would have just divorced you, but (laughs) those pillows. (laughs) And the way that she kills him is also sunscreen-centric. Because she remembers... Sunscreen-centric? Yeah, because remember, she shoots him, but then to, like, make it look like he committed suicide, she removes the railing from the top of the... They're sitting at the very top on the top deck. And then she squirts sunscreen and pours water onto the deck to make it super slippery and then she like slides him off and launches him off the top deck like a loser or something and he's <laughs> <laughs> and he just sends him zipping off 
I she's definitely psychotic. Not really because of the whole like murdering her husband thing, but mm-hmm. mostly because she's so she just completely disregards the whole sunscreen spread everywhere. Like I couldn't deal with that. Not only does he spread it all over his back by sitting on her grandmother's pillows or whatever, <laughs> but she purposely puts it all over the deck. Oh man. You know, I was I was hoping that like after she threw him off or slid him off the deck that she'd forget the sunscreen was there and just like slip and fall off herself. <laughs> You are listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. For our next segment, we have a very special guest. Our producer, Josh's brother, Caleb, is a student at MSU. He's a sophomore, and he's in the studio to talk to us about the wacky world of coronavirus regulation they've got going up there in Lansing. How's it going? It's uh, It's been okay. Um, been locked up in my room a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm glad to be out and about. So... The first question I wanted to ask you, and I think we're all kind of interested, I looked around, snooped on some of the PDF kind of stuff they put out online, and they mentioned something called enhanced social distancing. Mm-hmm. Can you enlighten us on what enhanced social social distancing is? So the, the major difference is about two weeks ago on Sunday, I can't remember the exact date, but it's supposed to end on February 13th at 11.59, so essentially the 14th of February. Mm-hmm. Um, they added a new level of the restrictions that they had and that's what their enhanced social distancing is mm-hmm. um this is because of a lot of the new uh, positive cases that they are receiving because we do get tested every week um, a lot of the new positive cases are asymptomatic students so their attempt to mitigate some of the expansion of corona is to lock us down even further than they have hmm. nice double down is that the that's the plan? yeah that's that's the Yep. So enhanced social distancing is just sit in your room and don't socialize. Pretty much. So the only things that we're allowed to do um, <laughs> is I'll unsocial use, distancing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, some of the few things that we're allowed to do outside of our room um, is to like pick up meals uh, for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We have to go um, in each neighborhood. So a neighborhood is about four or five dorms, and they only have one of the dining halls open in each neighborhood. So it's about a 10-minute walk to and from. Um to pick up food and then go right back to your dorm and eat your food and watch TV. I mean, do whatever uh, you end up doing in your dorm. Um, the only other things we're allowed to do is attend in-person classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have an in-person lab for ROTC, uh, which is the Reserve Officer Training Corps, for those of you who don't know what that is. Uh, so the in-person lab is about two hours of outdoor tactic training and things things to that effect. Um, the other things that we're allowed to do, uh, according to the new regulations, are conduct research or going to work providing our sample for our COVID-19 early detection program. <laughs> so I love that. Uh, I love that they specify that you're allowed to do that. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so the, uh, the early detection program, it, what we do is instead of having the, uh, the brain tickler, as some people call it, uh-huh. um, <laughs> is we do a spit sample. So we spit into a larger vial, use a dropper to move one milliliter exactly of our spit over to another one, (laughs) shake it for 15 seconds, fill out an online survey with the QR code that comes on the box, and drop our sample off down in the in a designated area where sample drops are. Do you get credit for this? Like, you should get biology credit. Yeah, this is, like, literally a biochem lab. I would imagine that I would get that, and I feel like I should, but I don't think they are giving uh, credits that way. (laughs) Um, some of the other things that we're allowed to do is obviously like receive medical care. So if you test positive for Corona, um, they generally, uh, initially they quarantine you. And then if, you know, further complications come up, obviously you're allowed to go seek medical help. We are allowed to participate in distance outdoor physical exercise for two or fewer people. Hmm. So 
You're allowed to go outside and work out, <laughs> right? But only with one other person, unless it's tops. for ROTC lab. Yes, so uh, <laughs> ROTC lab is an in-person class, which is uh-huh. which is a, that's the way we kind of work nice. around it. We also work around it with our PT, which is physical training. Um, so I have that three days a week in the morning uh, for about an hour, and that's physical exercise. But they use the loophole of that's for our class, uh, so we get okay. to meet for that. Okay, so are you are you required to wear masks outside? Yes, hundred percent. Are there mask police for that? Um, I have not run into mask police, but Uh I do imagine that there is. So before the heavy lockdowns enhanced social distancing, um, there was a time when I could go and actually sit and eat and interact with people. Mm. Um, Wow. Novel. Yeah, right? It's insane. But the, the, the problem that would come is if you didn't have your fork lifting from your plate to your mouth, they would come up and they would tell you, if you're not eating, please wear a mask. Oh, my goodness. Oh my so gosh. Any, there was one person that we where I ended up sitting, mm-hmm. and my group of people, we'd always have somebody kind of watching out. And as soon as they came up the stairs, everybody would grab their drink or grab their fork or something right. and try to, you know, so we could have a little time free of masks. Is, is, uh-huh. is this a student doing this, like self-policing, or is it an adult? So it's it's actually the, uh, the neighborhood supervisor. So they, they run all of the events for like south neighborhood essentially so where i i live in uh, holden hall which is in south neighborhood on michigan state and they run all of the events and virtual stuff for that interesting so are people encouraged to snitch on one another like oh you know if i walking around and i see someone without a mask ooh. so yes but i haven't seen it as heavy as it was encouraged last semester so i was actually home last semester i wasn't on campus um, but there was like a hotline that you could text to no way. or send in emails to to snitch on people that are gathering in larger uh, larger groups, people without masks, things to that nature. Dude, I would have sent them That's pictures ridiculous. of Fauci when he didn't have his mask on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'd probably just like self-report. Like oh, absolutely. To just absolutely. fill up there. I would just take like a million pictures of myself yeah. outside. <laughs> and just right. Yeah. So I actually... Uh, I, we didn't have PT on Monday this week. So mm-hmm. I went outside and I did my physical exercise on my own. Yeah. And I ran and I ran without a mask. And I had the oh. song. Yeah, I know, right? I had the song come onto my phone as I was listening. Um, I, I, it was the song Breaking the Law. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, sa- I took a screenshot and sent it to a couple people and, oh, that's when funny. I run outside without a mask. But, nice, nice. Yeah. So there are two rules. So not only must you wear masks at mm-hmm. MSU, you must wear them the way that they want you to wear them. There are two rules that I want to get your take on. It's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So it says that masks must be worn only once a day. And if they're cloth masks, they must be washed every day if they're going to be reused. So does that actually happen, A? And what's the laundry situation look like? Like we wash one mask by itself every day. So uh, because of this rule, um, I had my mom works in a high school and the army comes and drops off masks. So I have Army National Guard masks all over the place now. I have like 50 of them. Mm -hmm. Um, How many of them I've actually used is probably about two. (laughs) (laughs) So the washing of the mask every day does not happen, um, at least in my personal experience. Um, And I do have some disposable masks. Uh, but even those, you know, every coat, I stick a mm-hmm. mask extra just in case I walk out of my dorm without it and go, oh, shoot. Yeah. So. Um, okay. But yeah. The laundry situation, though, we do have laundry in every dorm in the basement for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it's not that bad. You just do it with a load of laundry. Um, but, but, not every- to, but you have to leave your room. To right. Go yeah. Wa- oh. Yeah. That's it's it's a little bit of a sketchy situation there. So you got to be you got to be careful when you do it. I like to do my laundry very late at night. But. <laughs> I, I would wear a mask if I did laundry. I'd just be afraid of people 
knowing who I am outside yeah. my room. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> like, regardless of anything, I'd, I'd wear like a balaclava. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a ninja suit. So it is also stipulated, and this cracked me up when I read it, that a mask worn must, and this is verbatim from the requirement from MSU, any masks worn must, quote, not restrict airflow. And I was like, duh. Like, right. Well, yeah. okay, so on one level, that completely makes sense. But on the other level, what is the point right. of wearing a mask that <laughs> does not restrict <laughs> airflow? I, I think that the uh, uh, so the, the army masks that I have are pretty restrictive once you're outside in the cold and you get them wet because yeah. it starts to freeze up on your face. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Yeah. So, it, so the rule of having them unrestricted airflow is a little uh, touch and go there. All right. So I was looking. And I think I have found some potential loopholes to some of the problems that you are facing. Now, first of all, it says that if you're exercising, you mm-hmm. can be outside without a mask. Right. What if you wore ankle weights everywhere you went because you would be exercising? <laughs> I like that. Um, if I had ankle weights, I would definitely make the attempt. <laughs> but... Um, I think that being on campus and being a part of the ROTC program, they are very strict within the ROTC okay. program. Um, so uh, the, the weekly test that I have to do for COVID, the spit test, um, it is a requirement that that is done. And if it is not, I'm not allowed to participate in the in-person lab or in the in-person PT. Okay. They do have uh-huh. like alternatives. There is an online lab that they offer. Um, I tend to not do that because I have enough online classes right. as is. Um, so I just make the attempt to make sure that all of my uh, spit tests are done weekly. Yeah, they probably kick you out of school. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the actual um, punishments that they have in place is academic suspension or expulsion for Jeez. breaking some of these, uh, the especially the enhanced social distancing rules. Holy cow. Okay, so the life-sustaining activity that's required for, like, criteria for not wearing a mask or being outside or whatever... Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very loose definition. I feel like you can really exploit that. Like, for example, I feel like breathing is a life-sustaining activity. Mm-hmm. And so if you are breathing, <laughs> I, don't I think you can do whatever you want. I'm breathing. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I agree with that. But I do believe that life-sustaining activity that mm-hmm. they say does strictly apply for the most part to before they did the enhanced social distancing. Okay. So oh, I'm still allowed, okay. obviously, to sustain my life. Um <laughs> But they no, are. That's, that's no longer allowed. Right. <laughs> it, it seems to be that way. At least not your social life. Right. Exactly. Yep. There so, with the enhanced social distancing rules, there is a little bit. There's obviously a lot more limitation. Um, last last week on Wednesday, the first week of this true enhanced social distancing, um, I spent 23 and a half hours in my dorm room, mm-hmm. which was and the uh, half hour that I did not spend in my dorm room, I spent walking to and from the dining hall to get food. Oh, nasty. I'm glad I'm at Hillsdale. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, Caleb, thanks for coming out. Absolutely. And congratulations on your name, too. I appreciate it. It's a a very (laughs) solid name. (laughs) Well, you've been listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Stay tuned.